letting you know what's going on without going on and on and on. Welcome to a fast-paced way to get caught up on all the day's biggest local stories from News Talk 830-WCCO. This is the All Local. With Friday's WCCO All Local, I'm Lindsay Peterson. Today's stories include a preview of Tuesday's election, it's Daylight Savings Weekend, and remembering Jesse Ventura's shocking win 25 years later. But we begin with Minneapolis Mayor Jacob Fry's proposal for a new third precinct safety center, which was finally approved by the city council yesterday. It took an 8-5 to five vote to move forward on plans to relocate the facility to 2633 Minnehaha. That site was first proposed several years ago, and recently the mayor suggested he approve it himself because it was hung up among council members. Mayor Fry telling Channel 5's Tom Hauser on the WCCO Morning News that this was an easy decision that was made hard for some political reasons. The vast majority of them were relatively easy in that it was very clear what the right thing was to do and what the wrong thing was. The problem is, even when you do the right thing, especially over these last few years, a global pandemic and everything we've been through, the results don't always turn out great. Work on the new facility will take nine months to complete after site acquisition. The old precinct building, of course, was torched by protesters in the aftermath of the murder of George Floyd. Steve Simpson, News Talk 830 WCCO. It's time once again to fall back this weekend when daylight saving time officially ends. Many people welcome the extra hour of sleep, while others dread the fact that it will be dark outside by 5 o'clock. University of Minnesota Medical School professor and sleep medicine physician Dr. Michael Howell says the time change is a good opportunity to examine your habits and fix what might be negatively impacting your sleep, such as alcohol use. Even with drinking alcohol in moderation, uh, people will frequently note that their sleep is more fragmented that night. So, you know, take a, take a week or two, just try with no alcohol at all. People are often rather surprised at how much better their sleep is on a consistent basis. Howell says it's also best to avoid caffeine later in the day, dim your lights in the evening, and minimize screen time too close to bedtime. He says light box therapy is also very helpful for people either struggling to get to sleep or struggling to stay awake. Laura Oaks, News Talk 830 WCCO. It's the weekend thousands of Minnesota hunters have been waiting for. Bag limits for Minnesota's firearms deer hunting season vary by region. In northern Minnesota, deer populations were adversely affected by last year's harsh winter. It's much different in central and southern Minnesota, according to the DNR's Barb Keller. The deer probably are coming off that winter faring really well. This is where we have really prime deer habitat, especially as you get into the southeast part of the state. And so hunters definitely have great chances of harvesting deer in central and southern Minnesota. Which makes it perfect for Governor Walls, who was in Lanesboro for the annual Governor's Deer Hunting Season Opener. Among the highlights is today's venison sampler, prepared by members of the Hmong hunting community. The governor and his hunting party head out early in the morning tomorrow in Minnesota's bluff country on the hunt for white-tailed deer. Al Shock, News Talk 830 WCCO. Election Day is just a few days away, and all this week we've been taking you behind the ballot for some of the big local issues and races. Today, that controversial 1% sales tax before voters in St. Paul. The proposed sales tax increase looks to raise close to $1 billion over two decades for street and park improvements. St. Paul Mayor Melvin Carter. Our streets are demanding investment. We are going to spend a billion dollars over the next 20 years, and we're just out of time to kick the can down the road. 
B. Kyle is president and CEO of the St. Paul Area Chamber and says the proposed sales tax will drive shoppers to cities with lower taxes, adding that businesses are struggling due to other tax increases. We've got the 1% seven-county metro sales tax for transit and housing, delivery fees, increased tab fees, gas tax indexing, 0.07% payroll tax to support paid family medical leave. Nobody wants to create taxes, but we also know that we need the value. We need to be able to fix our streets. We need to be able to do better for our streets than we've ever done any time in my lifetime. Meanwhile, outgoing St. Paul City Council member Jane Price says the sales tax increase wouldn't really accomplish what homeowners are expected when it comes to their streets in need of repair. Prince telling KSTP-TV political reporter Tom Hauser on the WCCO Morning News the money is intended for the city's larger, more traveled streets, not the smaller residential streets. 46 miles of arterial streets in a city that has nearly 800 miles of streets. That is what will be done. 46 miles, 24 streets over the next 20 years. Prince is not running for re-election and opposes the proposed sales tax increase. Mark Fry, News Talk 830 WCCO. Several downtown Minneapolis leaders are joining Mayor Jacob Fry today in announcing ongoing funding to support revitalizing the downtown corridor. Twin Cities defense attorney and downtown resident Joe Tamburino, part of a working group that made several recommendations earlier this year. He says they do not do enough to address the shoplifting issue that's impacting businesses. You know, until you really get a handle on that, the, the recommendations are great, and I think uh, a lot of them will work, but you've got to be able to get people back downtown and have a free flow of commerce. And having everything behind plexiglass is just uninviting. Mayor Fry is recommending $750,000 in ongoing funding to go toward supporting some of the work group's recommendations. Steve Simpson. News Talk 830 WCCO. Jewish and Ukrainian organizations held a press conference displaying a united front in defense of their native countries. Alexandra, a Ukrainian and former Israeli resident, shares an update about her loved ones in Israel. My childhood friend's spouse, Asaf. He is an archaeologist in Israel. And Asaf here is sifting through the rubble, looking for the tiniest pieces of the remains of the civilians that were brutally tortured and murdered by Hamas terrorists on October 7th. Jewish State Senator Ron Latz pointing out a rise in anti-Semitism in the U.S. Reports of anti-Jewish hate acts have spiked over 400% over this month last year. That's as scary and personal to me as a Jew. The two groups say they condemn acts of hate against both Jewish and Muslim communities. Taylor Rivera, News Talk 830 WCCO. I'm Steve Simpson. 36-year-old man facing a life sentence after being found guilty of an Eden Prairie domestic homicide. Prosecutors say Ryan Charles Rooney killed his wife in a hotel room in the 7700 block of Flying Cloud Drive in November of 2021. They say after killing his wife, Rooney shot himself but survived. Investigators also found two young children in the room who were unharmed but had been obviously neglected, along with several drugs and at least one gun. Rooney has a long criminal history, including convictions for domestic violence and drug offenses. Sentencing is set for early next year.
And I'm Mark Fry. 16-year-old's been identified as a person killed in a shooting Tuesday night in Brooklyn Park. The Hennepin County Medical Examiner's Office identified the boy as Deary Abdi Muhammad. That shooting happened just after 5 p.m. Tuesday at 73rd Avenue North and Zane Avenue North. Another 16-year-old was hurt in that shooting. Tuesday's shooting marked Brooklyn Park's sixth fatal shooting of the year and the second murder of the year at that same intersection. The state Supreme Court hearing arguments on a push to disqualify former President Donald Trump from the 2024 election ballot in Minnesota. It all goes back to January 6, 2021, and whether or not the insurrection clause of the Constitution disqualifies Trump from appearing on the ballot. Attorney Ronald Fine, representing the petitioners, says it does. Section 3 of the 14th Amendment protects the republic from oath-breaking insurrectionists because its framers understood that if they are allowed back into power, they will do the same or worse. Attorney Nicholas Nelson, representing former President Trump, says January 6th was not an insurrection. This does not uh, rise to the scope or scale of an insurrection, and in particular that what President Trump did in connection with it does not involve engaging in an insurrection. Legal observers say it's possible and perhaps likely the case will end up going all the way to the U.S. Supreme Court. Laura Oaks, News Talk 830, WCCO. I'm Steve Simpson. Fairview Health Services announcing they're eliminating 250 jobs. The organization releasing a statement yesterday saying they are taking the steps to deal with what it called tremendous pressures, including increased labor costs and payer reimbursements that don't keep up with inflation. Minnesota stands to gain $10 million in life-saving aid for opioid response resources. The White House is urging Congress to act on a request from President Biden to provide states with more opioid response grants to combat the overdose epidemic. State Addiction and Recovery Director Jeremy Drucker says the funds would improve opioid-related care at every level. We think about things like harm reduction, we think about things like treatment and recovery, and so we're going to take a really hard look at the state in terms of where we could use those dollars. Drucker says although overdoses in the state are plateauing, the top priority is bringing them down by targeting drugs like fentanyl. The rise of synthetic opioids and fentanyl in particular have really changed the landscape of drug use in this country and in Minnesota as well. Over a Hundred thousand Americans died in a single year from this crisis, over a thousand Minnesotans as well. The White House estimates that past grants have prevented roughly 500,000 overdose deaths. Taylor Rivera, News Talk 830 WCCO. Finally today, 25 years ago tonight, a former professional wrestler by the name of Jesse Ventura shocked the world in becoming Minnesota's 38th governor. To the best of my judgment. To the best of my judgment. And ability. And ability. So help me God. So help me God. Congratulations, Governor. Thank you, sir. Ventura tells WCCO's Chad Hartman he'll always remember driving with his family to his election party at Canterbury Park on a foggy, moonlit night. The moon looked really weird that night. There was some strange stuff coming off it. It was, you know, the late fall, all that. And I'll never get, forget my son looking at me, and he said, Dad something really strange is going to happen tonight. (laughs) Ventura served one term. He says his biggest priorities were funding a new stadium for the Vikings by leveraging sports gambling and making cannabis legal, two things that he says he never had support for but have since come to fruition. Thanks for listening to WCCO's All Local. You can find each day's All Local and all of our podcasts at WCCORadio.com or by downloading the Odyssey app. I'm Lindsay Peterson, Newstalk 830 WCCO.